This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the Talksport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in-play betting. Watch the action, predict the action and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back for Arfield. What a Berlin! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott had that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Keane! 
on! Oh, that's Come justice! On! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this Saturday's trip to Kenilworth Road where we take on a somewhat in-form Luton Town. Having said that, the last two results they'll have expected probably better, especially playing against 10 men. We'll get into that in a bit. We have got Ole waiting in the wings from Oak Road Hatter. But of course, first, I do quickly want to chat about, and I apologise, Ole, for swearing because I know he's listening. I do want to chat about the Watford game that we had on Tuesday because um, it was a frustrating one, wasn't it? Watford came here with a game plan. They had no intention of playing any football. They had no intention of you know, playing to time. All they wanted us to do was time. I'm not criticising it. As I said on the 60-second review, they had a game plan. They came and it worked. Yeah, I know I know we got the 96-minute equaliser, which will obviously devastate them and make Ollie very happy. Um, but um, they frustrated us. And they're the first team to do that was at Turf Moor since the start of the season, since Stoke, really. Um, but we weren't really the same team at the start of the season, were we? I think we can all agree on that. Um, we are a very good side now. Uh, we do seem to have clicked, but Watford managed to, to stifle our threat and um, just frustrate us. Um, on a, on the other side of that as well, they weren't just frustrating us. We were just poor. Like obviously, Murich's uh, mistake for the goal was a bad one. Um, I'm not going to go over the top on him as I've already said on, on on Twitter because I don't think it's appropriate with how well he's done this season and how great he was against Preston and West Brom. His, his passing was honestly better than some of David Beckham's in his heyday. It was that good. Um, but he's got to be doing better for that. Um, Last time he had a bit of a stinker against Sheffield United, he learned from it and he did very, very well, as did the whole team against Sheffield United as well because we got battered, didn't we? And then we won 10 games in a row, as we all know. Um, so hopefully this um, poor performance will kick us into action a little bit um, for the game on Saturday against Luton. I would I would expect some changes, put it that way. I'd expect some changes. Um, a few players had a few stinkers. Um, I know I've already said it in the 60-second review, but I thought... I don't think one pass that Martson did went to its in- intended target. Um, I didn't think Browner was very good. Uh, Ekdal, very good defensively. Passing was a little bit off today. I mean, whose passing wasn't off, obviously. Um, but the worry is, for the Luton game, is, of course, Bayer went off injured and will miss the Luton game. That is a fact. We know Taylor Harewood bellis will miss the Luton game. He's he's out for a considerable amount of time. Um, I've seen nothing to say that Jay Rodriguez will be back. I'm recording this on Thursday morning, by the way, so any information on injuries could be said after this is done um, at the risk of me looking stupid. I don't think Jay Rodriguez or Benson will be back either. So that's four first-team players there that are missing, but we know how good our squad is and how, how much depth we have. So fingers crossed the lads on the bench can continue to to, to um, perform when given their chances. Um Obviously, Amin had to come on the pitch and he, he looked decent, to be fair, against Watford. Um, Obafeme got the goal, but uh, I mean, that's what he's there to do, I suppose. Um, but other than that, I, you know, he didn't do too much. Foster as well missed that chance leading up to the goal. Probably should have done better with that. Um, but again, with them two, they're not going to be sharp, are they? Especially um, Obafeme. You know, he's not played um, for, for quite a while um, after not getting the move that he wanted in the summer at Swansea. So they're kind of frozen him out. But anyway... Um, we got the point in the end. We're still unbeaten since, well, that Sheffield United game. Still haven't lost a game at home in the Championship since 2015. So, you know, that 96-minute equaliser, whatever it was, 
was fantastic. But I am going to bring Ollie in now from Oak Road Hatter. We are going to discuss, of course, this weekend's game against Luton Town. There he is. How are you doing, buddy? Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Doing oh, yeah, well. Thanks for like, coming on. I was very happy with that with that 96th minute. I can imagine uh, so. Yeah. Delighted. I can imagine so. Could imagine so. Yeah, we. Uh, it's, it was a strange one because obviously they're going to be gutted with that. Um, I, I didn't feel we deserved to lose the game, though. Um, we were probably the better side overall. Um, but of course, I was I was disappointed that you actually conceded an equaliser um, on Wednesday night against Preston. What what happened there? Because I I looked at it at around the 60th minute, whatever it was. Preston down to 10 men, Luton winning one nil. I thought, hey, up oh, Luton could be the team that goes into third here. Um, what happened? What went wrong? Um, well, it's just another, it's another two points dropped, really. So that takes uh, takes the points dropped uh, from winning positions to twenty three for the season, which is it's quite frankly incredible that we're even in that position, um, and we're on fifty points after uh, what thirty one games. That which is incredible considering um, the the organic growth that, that we've had as a club. Um, but for that game, oh, I don't, Preston were Preston was so bad. Um, they they were passing the ball out of play under no pressure, um, gifting us corners. We absolutely battered them, and their home form was terrible. So it was sort of written in the stars uh, that that they, they were going to get a point out of it because we went up, look look completely dominant. They they got a man sent off. And uh, then it was just uh, a ball whipped into a channel. I think it was Troy Parrott tried to get the cross in. He was like that close to Tom Lockyer. Tom Lockyer jumped funny with his hand up, his hand penalty. Ten minutes to go after that. And they just, um, well, they just did a Watford, really. They just set out to frustrate us. They didn't, they didn't look to play football. Just sat back, punting the ball long, trying to cling on to that point. Um, uh, but in all fairness, we didn't do ourselves any favours. We we missed some absolute sitters in that game. Yeah. Um, like Elijah Adebayo, it was it wasn't his finest game. He was, we were creating the chances, but he missed um, two, well, two three very good chances. He had a higher xG than the rest of the Preston team, um, and Preston had a penalty. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Having said that. Um... The game before that, Coventry, similar sort of story, wasn't it? You went one nil up. I'm just looking at it now in the first minute, mm. and then Coventry equalised with a penalty, uh, and they went down to ten men, admittedly after their goal uh, in the 85th minute. Uh, but again, another disappointing um, situation there, giving giving the points away. Yeah, it was yesterday's game was a bit of deja vu, but it was slightly different though because I really rate Coventry how they play. I know I know you turned them over three nil. Um, like no, it was 1-0 both times actually against Coventry we, we struggled against them I mean we've beaten both times but it was 1-0 down at their place and 1-0 at the turf oh really oh yeah okay yeah I, I thought um, you played them recently and turned them over we have beaten a lot of teams 3-0 recently Preston um... Norwich mm, okay but yeah 1-0 okay. against Coventry oh yeah it was Preston that you beat 3-0 them um, yeah um, they, they impressed me they played some really good football um, yeah, we scored after 38 seconds, um, but with scoring first, it, it doesn't make it an easy watch after that because you just sort of have it in the back of your mind that that, that we're not going to hold on to the to the lead. 
Uh, we did it against you as well. We, we, we yeah, scored like quite that. early. And then Brownhill equalised that fantastic goal. Um, we're just not great at holding on to leads this season, which is funny because last season it was kind of something that we were very good at. On the road, especially, we, you know, we we won a lot of games. I think we won eleven games, one nil away from home. Um, you know, smash grab back to the Kenny with the with the three points. Do you think it's a mentality thing then? Because it's happened to you, like you said, what twenty three points? I think you said earlier in the season. I can yeah. think of three games already where you've done it: Preston, Coventry, and of course Burnley, as you've just mentioned. Is it a mentality thing, or do you just sit back too much? Why do you keep giving these leads away? Um, it, it, it's impossible to tell really. Um, uh, like I'd say the, the best example of it is West Brom, which was a couple of weeks ago. We went two nil up in within 20 minutes. And then mm. we did sort of sit back a little bit because it's a two nil lead, but a two nil lead is very uh, dangerous and West Brom are a very good footballing side. Um, and we did sort of sit back and let them start to play. Um, but with other teams, like when, when we score one goal, we do keep going at it. But when you, when you keep going at it, you leave those spaces in behind. And with, with our fullbacks, uh, our wingbacks bombing on, there, there's space in behind, especially in the wings. Um, we've also we've had some defensive issues. Uh, everyone has... Injury issues, but our, our captain, Sonny Bradley, has been injured. Um, Dan Potts, who's been filling in at left centre-back, has been injured. Um, uh, now we have injuries uh, to our left and right wing-backs. Uh, so that's uh, Alfie Doughty on the left and um, Cody Drama, who's only just come in from Leeds on, on the right. So um, when Cody was, was injured, Doughty had to fill in on the right, but now he's injured. So we need Onya Dinma to fill in on the right. And then we need Bell, who's been filling in at left centre-back in lieu of Dan Potts, filling in left wing-back. So it's kind of, there's been some defensive instability, which which hasn't helped. And it's been a recurring theme throughout the entire season. During the, the winter window, fans were clamouring for a, a defensive signing, just a centre-back. Like, if you look through social media, that's all Luton fans were looking for in, in the winter window. Please sign a centre-back just because mm. we were thin across the back. Um, and especially when you play three at the back, you need the options to rotate, especially with, you know, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, a lot of games coming up. Um, I don't think it's a mentality thing, though. I, I genuinely think it's just exhaustion. Like, for instance, with this game against Burnley, we only have one day of prep now. You, you have the extra day, uh, essentially, because... Um, yeah. We're we're coming back down from Preston. I, I think uh, Rob Edwards said in his post match we're going to have one day of prep on Friday, and it's just about uh, getting the the players to recover now. Yes, it's always a bit of interest in there, isn't there? When um, teams have an extra day, <clears throat> I remember thinking about that on Tuesday, thinking, "Oh well, Luton play tomorrow. That's good for us." <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I feel like I feel like it, we've talked about sort of like you giving 
points away, and now you've talked about injuries. I kind of feel like it's got off to like a, a sort of like a negative start. This podcast, like talking about Luton, but you're obviously having a very good season, aren't you? You're in actually quite good form. You haven't lost since the 14th of January that West Brom game you've just mentioned, which again you could probably say you were unfortunate at because you went 2 0 up and could have easily won that game. You are currently fourth in the table with Premier League football next season. Uh, I'm going to say a distinct possibility. It's, it is, but it's looking like it is going to be the playoffs, isn't it? Unless unless Sheffield United capitulate, um, or us, obviously. Um, but um, I think it's more likely Sheffield United looking at their recent results. Um, but then Middlesbrough on form, so catching the top two is going to be difficult for you. But anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, so you must be happy with your season so far. Oh, yeah. Delighted, especially with uh, you know, the change of manager in, in January as well. I think, no, December, wasn't it? Um, Because we had the World Cup. Um, I'm delighted. Uh, I wrote a season review for for the soccer subreddit and uh, I I predicted a top eight finish just uh, to sort of keep some sort of consistency with with last season's season's finish. Um, I I didn't think we'd get playoffs this season, uh, being completely realistic. Um, And yeah, I'm delighted. Fans, though, find anything to gripe about, um, whether it's <laughs> yeah. the, the points that we've lost from winning positions, um, not signing a centre-back. I'm, I'm really happy with the, with the managerial appointment, the, um, you know, the, the, the position and table, the football that we're playing at the moment. It's great. It really is great. And I personally would love to see Luton come up. I say come up like we're in the Premier League already, but that's the mentality that we have uh, now. No, you, you are pretty much in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Burnley are, are I, flying. Oh, uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but I would love to see Luton come up. Where, where do you stand on that? Do, do you think do you think you're good enough to win the playoffs? Do, do you think it is a lot? I, I'm one of them. I just think anyone can win the playoffs. If you get in the playoffs, you can win it. It doesn't matter how good you are, whether you finish third. 30 points above six, it doesn't matter. You're in the playoffs, it's a lottery. So uh, is, is now the mentality just get into the top six, make sure you consolidate for that position, and then hopefully hopefully win it from there? Yeah, I, I think... Um, well, I, I sort of believe in the Brentford model. So if you look at how Brentford did it, they came up from League One, had five or so seasons in the Championship before making that sustained playoff push. They had three mm. consecutive playoff finishes. They, they went to the semi-final, lost went to the final, lost, and then they went to the final one won. So currently, I I believe that the way we play, we could potentially get to the final. And then it is a lottery. It depends who turns up on the day. Um, I I think that there, there is a possibility. Like, I'm not going to say that we're going to get playoffs right now because anything can happen. We've got to mm. play a lot of the, the teams in and around the playoffs. We've got to play Mill twice. Mill will frighten me because um, they are sort of like the mirror image of us. They're, they're an honest, hardworking team. And then they have a little bit of quality sprinkled in there too. Um, but I, I would love Luton to get to the Premier League. Uh, we wouldn't do a Forest by any stretch of the imagination. We wouldn't sign an entire new squad. Uh, but that would give us such a cash boost to you know, pretty much build the new stadium without any debt. The the money from the parachute payments would keep Luton in the black for, well, a decade probably. Uh, like our annual squad bill is around seven million per annum because um, we we adhere to a very strict wage cap. And we, we do things the proper way. Uh, not Not saying what other teams do isn't the proper way, but I feel running a massive loss 
is not the proper way. Like, for instance, your, your Bristol cities where they're just essentially propped up by a sugar daddy. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love another crack at the playoffs, potentially getting to the Prem, and it would really help uh, sustain Luton long term. Yeah, you sound very similar to sort of like the mentality that we had when we first got promoted in 2009. Obviously, we've grown as a club since then uh, and spent a lot of time in the Premier League since then, but we had a wage cap. We kind of went up unexpectedly because we had a few bad seasons before that. Then we just had a good season. Then we're in the Prem. Uh, then we got relegated. Uh, and of course, everyone's talking about, oh, well, at least the parachute payments will, will keep us um, uh, as heads above water for a while. And that's exactly what happened. And we had a wage cap as well. I think it was something ridiculous, like 15 grand to put that our earnest our highest earning player in the Premier League was on like 15 grand in like 2009. So it is a while ago and obviously inflation has hit again since then. Well, three times I think since then properly. But um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds very similar to us. Uh, I do want to talk about your manager situation because I had a big discussion with uh, the Watford fans from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast about Rob Edwards. And it was it's interesting because I he it, it's weird because I would never like to see, say, Dice, for example, go to Blackburn. It would infuriate me. But it's a little bit different, isn't it? Dice was here for nine years. And I think I think Rob Edwards was at Watford for nine weeks, probably a little yeah. bit more than that. So it's, it's interesting. First of all, how did you feel when you appointed him? Because you can't really say, oh, he's Watford, because he isn't. Watford are just a joke when it comes to managers. And obviously he's doing very yeah. well now. So I presume you all kind of like him at the minute. Mm. Yeah, he, he's not Watford. I've been to Vicarage Road more than he has. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I I am delighted with Rob Edwards. Um, he's personable. When the whole manager idol thing kicked off, and Neil Critchley was a big name that was going around. Uh, having seen what he did with Blackpool, um, yeah. a lot of fans were saying, "Yeah, we've got to get Neil Critchley in." But look at what he's doing with QPR. It's it's not good, is it? Um, I think he's only had one win in twelve or so. It's pretty bad. Yeah, um, so I feel like we won the lottery. Our points per game's gone up under Rob Edwards. Um, although that might have been impacted by a little wobble when when Nathan Jones was having discussions with Southampton, because apparently he was having discussions with Southampton six weeks prior to, to actually leaving, um, which came out recently in the Athletic. Um, and you can see a little drop off. It was right before Watford turned us over 4-0 and you could see the team hadn't turned up for that, which was, mm. it, it was a disgraceful performance uh, and Nathan Jones just kind of uh, shrugged it off. Um, it's like, ah, yeah, we had the illnesses, so what? Um, but with Rob Edwards coming in, he's um, he's brought Richie Kyle, who um, I, I watched a lot of their a lot of Watford's uh, media stuff about it, about them when they had open mic sessions and they really were trying to get their, their message across to the Watford players, but picking up from the body language with Watford, then there's something rotten at that club. It really, it's really disgraceful. I'm not just saying that as a Luton fan, although I'm heavily biased and the players are just looking at them like, they have no interest in what they were, you know, putting down. They weren't picking it up. Um, yeah, but he, he comes across really well. He has a good touchline demeanor. I'm sure you've seen Nathan Jones on TV where he's just like you know gnawing down on his fingers, yeah. chewing them down to the knuckle. He's screaming, you can hear him over the over the fans, like singing in the stadium. It's, it's nice to just have a little bit of a tone down, um, cooler, calmer, more collected. So, yeah, all in all, 
Watford's loss, our gain, no, no hard feelings. I think Watford fans are a bit more upset about his appointment at Luton than Luton fans are. We're, we're all happy. Yeah, it's interesting there as well that you mentioned Nathan Jones. I do want to talk to you about him, but first, I just want to say I'm, I'm happy to see Rob Edwards doing doing well, to be honest. I thought when he came in from Forest Green to Watford and Watford said all these things about we will back him to hell or high water and then like, what, four or five <laughs> games later, he's gone. I, I remember thinking that's that's not on that. Watford need to stop doing this. Um, so I'm happy to see him do well. I do want to talk to you about Nathan Jones and I don't normally go and talk to about uh, fans about other managers. But of course, they're, he, you're the only club he's ever done well at, let's be honest. He, he, he failed at Stoke and now he's failed at Southampton as well. I didn't know too much about him in his time at Luton and Stoke, but obviously Southampton, it's all, you know, it's everywhere. And some of the stuff it was saying in press conference, I remember thinking, this guy's a crackpot. He's an mm. absolute lunatic. And then, like you said, he's got his demeanour on the touchline, which I was never a fan of. I've always been a fan of like managers just looking like cool, calm, collected, like similar to company. Company can get a bit irate, or he's even told a ball boy off recently, actually, his company. So I guess that's um, a little bit different. But um, yeah, what do you make of Nathan Jones? Because obviously he's done very well at your place twice, but then he's left you in the lurch now twice. And I presume this stuff about him talking to Southampton and just shrugging off defeats doesn't really sit well with you anymore, does it? Um, no, I. I... I hold him in very high regard, um, especially after the, the second time he left us. The, the board came out and the, the boards, the Luton board, are Luton Town fans. They're, they're mm. lifelong Luton Town fans. They're not big financial benefactors who are just pumping money in. They're, they're trying to make the club run sustainably. So, you know, I take their word as, as gospel. They said the Southampton approach was done properly. Um so that there were no ill feelings towards the second time he left. Yes, the first time he left, that was done badly. He was sneaking Stoke executives into his private box at Luton um, to have clandestine conversations uh, and whatnot. Um, he is a very good coach. He's gone to mm. two clubs. Um, I'll, I'll start chronologically. Stoke, who, what manager has done well at Stoke recently since Tony Pulis? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to see that obviously Alex Neal leaving Sunderland, Sunderland doing incredibly well without him, and now Stoke not doing well with Alex Neal. Exactly, exactly. Like there is something wrong at Stoke. He went to a team where I, I saw this Ashley Williams uh, interview, a little snippet on Twitter the other day, where he was like, "Oh yeah, he was just talking down Jones." It just feels like everyone's having a pile on um, right now. Sure, his his press conferences that they're, they're funny, um, that they're, they're they're received better when he's winning games. Mm. Um, he said the same stuff at Luton. He said something about um, about uh, Glenn Ray, our defensive midfielder. He was like, yeah, if I, if I have a son, uh, I want him to be Glenn Ray. And uh, after a 1-0 loss at Blackburn, he was like, I feel sick. I feel physically sick. And he looked like he was about to vomit on camera. It was, he, he's... He's, he's very quotable, and there's a story about when he came in first time and he chopped up a table tennis table and burnt it to get players back in the gym. So, it, and then, okay, I, I've gone off on a tangent here. Going to Southampton, there's also something wrong at Southampton. Have you read the reports about uh, Jesse March? Apparently, the players didn't want him. Southampton fans have a faux privilege. They... They think, oh, well, you know, we've been in the Prem for 10 years or, or eight years. You know, we, we deserve better. Look at us. We finished eighth under Pochettino. We want Pochettino back. They feel they're too good for other managers. Um, mm. Their owner, 
um, and the Sport Republic Group. They're, they're from um, Brentford. They've done that Brentford model. There's nothing wrong with their analytics because what they've done, what they had done at Brentford, was fantastic, and they're going about things the right way. The the players have delusions of grandeur, um, and the the fact that they're vetoing managers now, who do they think they're getting in? Um, and I think Nathan Jones will pick himself up. He has to go to a club that has everything set up the right way. But with Luton, we've worked hard to get everything set up the right way with, through uh, analytics. And um, fortunately, when we were in League Two, it let Nathan Jones put his stamp on things. He needs to be somewhere for a while. Um, yeah. With Stoke, it's not like they're, they're pulling up any trees now, are they? And they still have one of the biggest budgets in the league even though they don't have parachute payments. Um, yeah, he'll bounce back. I love Nathan Jones. And uh, uh, to be honest, I, I wouldn't take him back at Luton right now um, because we've got no. Rob Edwards, but mm. may, maybe in the future. Yeah, interested. I think a lot of Burnley fans would say similar stuff about Dice. I mean, I know Dice didn't leave us in sort of cir- uh, circumstances like that, but it's, uh, Burnley fans say the same sort of things about Dice. Obviously, achieved a lot for us. Um I do want to get your opinion on Burnley um, because obviously it's a very good season, um, but some people would say, oh, well, it's expected. Um, but having said that, a lot of people at the start of the season, I mean, I don't know what you wrote in your um, um, preview, but a lot of people saying at the start of the season, oh, I'm worried that Burnley could potentially go again. Mainly talk sport on the Daily Mail, who do like to sensationalise things um, anyway, but some people were saying that they do worry for us again. Obviously, we lost Daesh at the end of last season brought in a new manager, completely changed everything about the style of play and the ethos of the football club. Um, and now comfortable at the top of the league, 15 points clear of third. I think it's eight points clear of second. Um, but what, what do you think about the job that, that we've done in the summer and everything that we've done? We've brought in like 16 new players after losing 18. Um, but a lot of people were worried about us, but yeah, it's looking pretty comfortable for us at the minute. What, 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 have you, what do you think we've... Um, sorry, how well do you think we've done this season? I think you've done incredibly well. Yeah, I read all the reports about um, concerns over the leverage buyout from your new owners, but they've they've gone about things the right way. You sold a yeah. lot of a lot of players uh, for for big money. You've brought in uh, good players for for much less money from you know European leagues. Personally, I wish when we had Graham Jones, like Graham Jones was the assistant manager in Belgium for like a long time for Roberto Martinez. The players, the profile of players that you've brought in, I wish that's what I thought Graham Jones was going to do when when he uh, joined Luton Town. Is considering he must have known the Belgian leagues incredibly well. Um, mm. I thought we'd bring in some you know continental gems, but no, we ended up with Luke Bolton, Callum McManaman, Izzy Brown, just you know people from the English leagues. Um, yeah. It, it's incredible the signings that you've made and they've really hit the ground running. You've built a great squad on a budget. The the transition from dice ball to dominating possession. Uh, Vincent Company's obviously taken a lot from working under Pep Guardiola. It's incredible. Um, and the, the football you play is sensational. What, 70% possession? Average? Um, yeah, it's I, I, I'm terrified about playing Burnley. I have no idea what you're going to do this week. Well, it's interesting because we've been playing really, really well recently up until the Watford game. You know, we've been brushing teams aside, but you've got 
a quite decent form at the minute, apart from your one ones. How do you think the game's going to go? Like, not in terms of predictions and stuff, but in terms of your style. How do you think you're going to set up against us? Because Watford came to frustrate us, and that's exactly what they did, and they did very well against us. Whereas the likes of Preston didn't really have a game plan and just got brushed aside. Um, Blackburn tried to beat the press and pass out against us, then they just got brushed aside as well. What do you think you're going to do? How do you think you're going to set up? Well, set up three at the back, five in midfield. We're going to try and pack the midfield um, and just, uh, I guess, try and absorb all your pressure and uh, try and counter. Um, we, we might go from the uh, sort of intricate passing play that we, we sort of uh, semi-brought in under Rob Edwards and maybe go to a more direct style to sort of you know, mix it with sort of the old Nathan Jones style of direct ball just to try and, uh, you know, counter, maybe just bypass your midfield. I, I feel that's the only way to really win, have a chance of winning because our home form isn't really that great. We've only recently started turning draws into wins at home. Yeah. Be interesting to see if you do go with that direct style because six weeks ago with Howard Bellis and Bayer, even with Ekdal in there as well, to be fair, recently, because he's come in and done very well. I'd have been like, oh, we'll probably just mop that up. Um, but it's going to be probably a makeshift defence. I say a makeshift. It's going to be two centre-backs that we have just signed and potentially Bailey Peacock fouling goal because Murich went off on Tuesday. There's a bit of debate on the Burner socials whether, whether he was hooked because of the mistake or whether he was ill. Company said he was ill. Some people think he was maybe getting protected, but we'll see. Um if he plays, and I would say that that's probably the, a sign that he was hooked. Um, but again, um, we'll see what the starting lineup is like on Saturday. Um, but you mentioned a few injuries earlier on. Um, so you have got a few players out. Obviously, it's a stage of the season where most teams have a few players out. You've got a um, that's what squad depth is for. Thankfully, we've got a very good one, obviously, because of the signings and stuff that we made. Um, but um, is there any players that we should be looking out for? Some players who can do Burnley damage. Yeah, well, Colton Morris is very good. Uh, if we do go with the direct style, he's very good at sort of catching the ball. He can he can control any ball that you sort of just fire into him. Um, and he's got, well, I think, 13 goals this season, which is, you know, pretty decent. But he was our record signing, uh, allegedly, although we haven't seen the numbers on that. Um, Jordan Clark is very good in midfield. Um, although I, I can't foresee him winning this midfield battle, I feel a very important player in this game is going to be Marvellous Nakamba. Um, although he hasn't played a lot of football this season, he sort of played, I think, about 80 minutes yesterday and he played 90 against, uh, against Coventry the other day. Um, so it might be, you know, a bridge too far for him. But if Marv does play... It's, it's going to be very important to see how he um, shields and protects the back three, really, because I feel it's, it's Burnley's midfield and controlling possession in the middle that's going to really hurt us. Yeah. It's interesting that to see your perspective on that, because we are quite good at doing that in defence as well. Like, unfortunately, Bay is going to be out and Harewood Bellis is going to be out, but you'll see a lot of teams just pass it around the back and uh, and do like 30 passes there in the space of a minute. And everyone's like, oh, look at how many passes they've done at the end of the game. But we will find good passes at the back. And then if mm. there's no pass on in the middle, Jordan Bayer and Taylor Harewood Bellis can dribble it out and will dribble it out and, and beat players while doing it and then create moves that way, beat the press that way. So it's interesting. We're interested to see whether whether we can do that with Ekdal and Amin. Um, 
But um, I think Ekdal can do it, just his final ball isn't good enough. We haven't seen him in enough yet um, to be able to, to say whether or not he can. Um, but uh, we've gone past the half an hour mark, so I will get your predictions. I'm going to go 2-0 to the Clarets. Um, I am worried about this game, though, because I, I don't know, we're kind of being such a tight round. And the form that you're in, I presume that the fans are going to be buzzing. They're going to be really up for it. Edwards, I do believe, is a good manager. Um, in fact, the last manager to stop us scoring a goal in a league game was Rob Edwards. So he obviously mm. set up very well when we got beat by Watford down at Vicarage Road earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, Kenilworth Road, as I was saying, tight ground. Fans are going to be buzzing, doing well this season. So going to be up for it. I just think I just think ultimately we'll have enough. And having just won 10 games in a row, I do still find it difficult to, to predict that Burnley won't win. Um, but what are your thoughts? I presume you're going to be quietly confident, maybe? No, I'm going to be... This This is me being optimistic. I'm going to say 1-1. Back-to-back 1-1s for Burnley. Yeah, that'll be... Um, you know what? We've got you next, and then we've got Millwall on Tuesday. So if we can get four points out of these two, I'll, I'll take that. But mm-hmm. let, let's let's get it off to a good start here, Clarets. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Ole. It's been an absolute pleasure. Just want to let everyone know where they can find you and Oak Road Hatter on all the socials. Yeah, so we're on Twitter um, at Oak Road Hatter, um, Instagram, uh, which is also Oak Road Hatter, Facebook, uh, Oak Road Hatter Pod. Uh, we also have a, uh, you'll, you'll want to check this out after uh, the Burnley game. We have an analytic show with um, Luton Town fan and former player Andy Burgess, where he looks at uh, the goals scored and conceded and also does player focuses called Put It In The Mixer, and that's on YouTube. And you can find us on YouTube at Oak Road Hatter as well. You know, that's interesting that. I uh, I do want to extend into doing different kinds of shows because at the minute I'll just do a pre-game show, a full-time show, and I'll just put some clips up of matches here and there. Um, mm. Or oh, a 60-second review, but that's not really a show, is it? It's just a, a YouTube short. So I'm going. I genuinely, I'm going to go on on your uh, YouTube and watch some of them um, analytic shows and see how they're done. And if anyone's listening who's good at analytics and a Burnley fan, get in touch because uh, I know I'm I'm not that good. But Ollie, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a good Brilliant. chat. I, I had to kind of yeah, I had to kind of cram in sort of like the the predictions and and stuff like that afterwards because we were just <laughs> talking so well and so easily. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Everyone, do check out um, Ollie and the Oak Road Hatters stuff if you can. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, pretty much when this is up, to be honest with you. Uh, but thank you for coming on the show, mate. Good luck for the rest of the season. But of course, not on Saturday. Mm. Thanks, Joe. Uh, and good luck to Burnley after Saturday. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans. <laughs>